When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, the Monday edition. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with you. Last Wednesday, we ended the week looking at the week one schedule because the schedule hadn't fully come out yet. We are back. We have a full schedule to look at. And what we are going to do here on the show is we're going to give you the fantasy relevant information. We've all taken deep dives and we have different angles from this schedule release. So we are going to look into this schedule from a fantasy lens. And we talked about it in the pre-show, but I will bring it here to the forefront of the actual show. Where do we want to start, gentlemen? There's a lot of different angles. We couldn't figure out where we wanted the show to start. We could talk about the rookie quarterbacks. We can talk about the teams that struggled last year, maybe the the, the matchups you should be targeting. Uh, Jamie, Jake, any thoughts of where you want to start here? I've, I've got a place in a team. Okay, okay, go ahead. A team that we all thought maybe is a playoff team that I no longer think has a chance with some seriously fantasy-relevant players. Let me read you off the Tennessee Titans schedule. I'm on okay. board. The Tennessee yeah. Titans sitting at home in yeah. mid-January. They, they, they ain't making the playoffs. If no. they don't beat the Cardinals in week one, they follow that up with the Seahawks, the Colts. They get the Jets and the Jaguars after that. But then they got to go Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams, Saints, and then Steelers, Niners in week 15, 16. Did you see them having more than three wins in that stretch? Not a lot. I, uh, when some, I did it, my unofficial, my very unofficial, unofficial record prediction um, is that they're eight, nine-ish I don't, know, I, don't think, like, I don't think they can like, get there anymore, James. I, I don't – here's the well, problem well, I have with this. Their defense is going to suck. Yes. I see Tannehill – we're talking fantasy here. I see Tannehill ranking up, going up by rankings 
because the defense is going to be bad. I don't know that Derrick Henry is the spot that we were talking about when we drafted this last week, two weeks ago. So let's talk about Derrick Henry. I don't think Derrick they Henry can play second. that way, right? Let's I don't talk think about Derrick Henry. Because the, the big piece, because this is going to lead into one of my things, Chris. Okay. The biggest, what has been the biggest beneficiary of having Derrick Henry over the last three seasons during the championship run during your playoff run is where he peaks out during the season it's been elite to end the year and that even dates back to three years ago when he wasn't that player to start the season but had that unbelievable four week stretch to end the year here are the teams he faces for weeks 15 to 17 which should be by the way i know there's there's been a lot of debate about week 14 by weeks weeks 15 through 17 commissioners out there that should be your playoff stretch first round 15 semifinals finals that should be the stretch do not start the playoffs in week 14 this year because yeah, you have four, like four teams, teams on, on by four teams on by so just shift everything back one week ago 15 16 17 18 if you want to do four teams two week final whatever it might be but through that fantasy postseason stretch derrick henry faces three top 10 defenses when it came to limiting fantasy running backs next year back to, or last year back to back to back at pittsburgh in week 15 the number five defense against running backs Versus San Francisco, week 16, the number seven, and then versus Miami, the number 10 defense. That is a tough stretch. Now, doesn't mean you're not, obviously, you're going to draft Derrick Henry, but the question then becomes now is where do you go when you get outside of the Dalvin Cooks, the outside of the Christian McCaffrey's? Like, there are some questions about Alvin Kamara's offense, not about him, but about the offense and the quarterback situation. Jake just ran off the schedule. I just told you about the postseason schedule for Derrick Henry. Like I, I think this RB three, four, five role right now, while I don't expect there to be much variance in ADP, I am very curious to see what some of the really tippy top players in the world, like the ones that Jake and I were talking about last year that are spending $10,000 to get into this league. I want to see if there's some variance at that RB three spot as we get deeper into those types of drafts that start to happen in uh, late July, mid August and start to kind of see does a guy like a Jonathan Taylor sneak up higher than we expect? Is there a player that kind of moves into that spot that has a more advantageous schedule, doesn't have some of these defensive concerns that some of these other teams have? It gets really interesting to me. I like the fact of well, the offenses they're going to play. Jane, this defense is going to be bad. It's not going to be the same. Now, Vrabel's a really good coach. They're going to scheme it up, but they don't have the players they've had. They're going to play the Cardinals in week one. You know they got to put up 30 to win that game. They follow that up with the Seahawks. They play the Colts. They play the Bills. They play the Chiefs. They play the Rams. They play the Niners and the Steelers who could all put up points. The thing with Derrick Henry is you lead the league in time of possession because you're running it all the time on first and second down. I don't think they're going to be able to play this way. I am now giving A.J. Brown a boost and Tannehill a boost, and I'm knocking Derrick Henry that they want to play that way. They're going to try to play that way. I just don't. That's a lot of question marks for me, man. That's a brutal schedule. I'll tell you what, Jamie, I was, I'm looking at the week 15 schedule because you brought up that that's probably where most leagues are going to start their playoffs because yeah. that's clear of all the bye weeks. I see two matchups that I really like. If you want to try to sneak a running back, that's probably in that second or third tier, a little bit up a little bit. You got Travis Etienne and the Jags against Houston. And you have Chase Edmonds in the Cardinals at Detroit. Those are two guys that aren't going to be in your conventional top group of running backs that I think if you, again, you kind of have to prepare for this. You have to be thinking now about, hey, what's my team going to look like come the playoffs? Not saying I'm sitting Derrick Henry for those guys, but I want to have the ability to pick out matchups that I think are going to be really advantageous for me. And just a quick look at the week 15 schedule. Those were two that immediately just stood out to me in looking at this here. 
Yeah, and actually on the other side, because you brought him up, and I'm just going to all go into him, uh, Chase Edmonds has a fairly advantageous schedule as well. If you look at the, you know, Week 16's tough. Uh, the semifinals, he, he plays the Colts. But right. around those two spots, he's at Detroit in Week 15 in the first round and at Dallas in the fantasy championship game. Yep. I mean, Dallas in the bottom eight last year in fantasy points, a lot running backs. And Detroit was number was the worst team in the NFL. Yep. Them and Houston were tied. So, yeah. uh, so both of those are really advantageous matchups for him as well. And and look, the, the reason to, to bring this up is you're not going to jump a guy three or four spots in your draft ranking just because they have a good matchup in week 15. But what you need to do is just kind of be paying attention to this stuff. And this will really help you. Maybe not so much on draft weekend is maybe more, maybe that's more of a tiebreaker when you're at your draft. But this will really help you early in the season when you start talking about trades, you start looking at how you want to construct your roster, when you get kind of a feel for where you are, because sometimes you're going to be scratching and clawing for a playoff spot. You can't get this cute. You know, you oh, can't be right. worried about acquiring players with great. You just got to get in because it doesn't matter if you have great players in week 16, if you're in the consolation bracket. So, but if you start to see that your teams really roll and you're off to a four and oh, five and one type of a start, you know, okay, I'm going to be in the postseason. I'm competing for a bye week. That's when you have to start looking at making some of these moves and start to look at some of the quarterbacks and running backs in particular that have really strong matchups versus maybe some that don't have strong matchups. And maybe you're able to pull off some trades that feel a little strange to some at the time, but actually set you up to better win a championship down the road. Uh, can I jump in here with one of the weeks? Because I, I was tasked with looking at the bye weeks in, in general, in totality, and picking things that stood out to me. Have you guys seen the teams that are on bye week seven? You need to prepare yourself for week seven in your fantasy leagues. Buffalo, Dallas, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, the Chargers, and Jacksonville are the six teams on by in week seven. I wrote out a list of just players off the top of my head that I could consider could be a problem. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, Jefferson, Thielen, Juju, Harris, Herbert, Allen, Eckler, Lawrence, Robinson, Etienne, Marvin Jones. Those are just off the top of my head, guys, that I thought, hmm, you're going to have to find replacements if you have any of those guys in your lineup. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, And and that's the week with the the most amount of teams on by. The other weeks that have like four teams, like week nine has Detroit, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Washington. Week 10, Chicago, Cincinnati, the Giants, and Houston. But that's the week in which there are six teams on by. Man, you got to be thinking ahead for that kind of stuff. That brings me up to a great question there, Jame. We're talking about this draft. Uh, something you got to pay attention to when you're drafting guys. Like I always try to pay attention to bye weeks because I'm doing. Like, you guys know I got a ton of mock drafts. I get bored. And I'm sitting around. I just do like like ten in a day, and then I don't pay attention while I'm doing that. But afterwards, I go back and look at it, see how it went, because I start getting trends of, of how I'm going to actually do my drafts. That's got to be something you pay attention to this year. I mean, that is that's that's taking an L in every league you have if you have multiple guys. If you have you load up on guys from two or three of those teams, you're you're dead. It's one of those things uh, philosophically that we talk about a lot, Jamie, of, hey, do you have multiple players from one team? Do you have multiple players that have a similar bye week? Now, I'm okay if you dr- are drafting the super elite of the elite and they happen to have the same bye week. That is what it is. But I look at week seven and I, I can see a scenario where somebody has a, a Justin Jefferson and a Travis Etienne or a Justin yeah. Jefferson and a Marvin Jones. And the more players I- I- of that caliber that you have, it becomes a problem. It to me, I always I view it as a tiebreaker because I, I think you could you could psych yourself into a weird spot if you just become I can't draft two players or I just can't draft three players with the same bye week. I agree with you, Chris. At the very top, I ignore it. Like I don't care what it, the first four or five rounds. Yeah, I don't not a consideration because to me it is if you draft the elite players and you figure it out down the road. 
But I, I do think it is a worthy tiebreaker as you start to get to the middle rounds and you're trying to debate between two players or three players and you start to think about, okay, what are the scenarios in which this player that I'm drafting is going to start for me? Whether it's a starting my final wide receiver spot, whether it's a final flex spot, top of my bench, what are the scenarios that I believe this player could actually start and be effective for me and accumulate fantasy points? And that is when the bye weeks have to start taking effect. You have to look at them and go, okay, I've got two receivers. My top two receivers have a week seven bye. So I need to make sure that as I'm filling out my bench, I need to make a preference to get those players that don't have week seven buys at the wide receiver spot. Same thing if you have that scenario with running backs. So I think you wait and see how the first four or five rounds play out. You don't worry about them. And then you start to look, okay, where are my weak points on bye weeks if there are some? And then that's how you can kind of differentiate because you might take a player that you think, you know, you might take your 32nd best wide receiver over your 30th best wide receiver because of the bye week situation. That's fine for me. What I don't want you to do is take your sixth best running back over the fourth best running back because of a bye week right. situation. Talent that, is talent. That's we get into trouble. Yeah. Right. Right. I tell you where it, where it kind of strikes me is I love pairing a number one receiver with a big time quarterback that you can get later in the draft. So we're talking about a great example, Jamie, going one through five. And you got that big time receiver and you want to pair that quarterback late because we're all big on waiting for quarterbacks. That could become an issue now. Be like, okay, they're going to have the same buy. This is the same week. And then to say you have your second receiver is one of those guys. And that, that now you're, now you're killed. You're dead that week. That could be a big time tie break later on. If you're going, okay, Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow, and you've already got Robert Woods or, uh, you know, his boy, you're, you're dead. Like yeah. that's that that would then sway me from doing that because I love having a, a quarterback and receiver matched up. Because we get asked about bye week preferences and draft strategies and stuff all the time. For me, it's all about the middle rounds because at the beginning you're taking the elite talent, at the late you're taking the flyers. And to me, is you don't worry about the bye weeks with that because a lot of the guys that you're going to be taking in those last few picks, you're going to be rotating out. Either you're rotating out for guys the hot pickups in week one and two, which happens every year. Don't convince yourself it's not going to happen this year. It always does. Or you're taking the big time flyers and saying, okay, I want to see how this person operates in this offense for a couple of weeks. And I'll know right away, is this going to be a player that's going to be an impactful guy for me right now? Or like, and eh, maybe not. And I can move on. So you don't worry about it there, but those middle rounds, it is an important tiebreaker to at least be aware of. Yeah. I, I, I think it's absolutely something that needs to be considered. And again, week seven is the week that has the most teams on by. So that might be the one you look out for. And the bye weeks are structured. Uh, interestingly, like there's a bunch of weeks with four teams and then there's like week 11 and 12 that each have two teams. It's kind of just thrown together. And I obviously know that there's a science behind it. I'm not going to try to say that the NFL doesn't know what they're doing, but it's just that big week seven in which there are six teams on by is the thing that really uh, stood out to me. I teased it in the, go ahead, Jamie. There's one other thing just before we get off this, because it just is, is a reminder of mine. There's one random schedule quirk that we haven't really seen much of so far because it was requested by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't know what week it is, Chris, if you can pull up their schedule okay. um, right now. Whatever the week is, they come back from London. And I believe they play the Falcons in London. Uh, they, they play the Jags in London, don't they? The, they? Jags, the Jets they play, the, play Jags? the Falcons. Yes. Whatever, whatever combination it is. Uh, yes, they play the Jags they play in the London. Falcons. No, the Jets play yeah. the, the Jets play the the Jets play the Falcons. The, the no, Dolphins they play, play the Jags. Falcons coming out of the Jaguars in London. They, they do. In yes, week, the Jags. The, the Dolphins play the Jags in London week six. Week yes. seven, they're home against Atlanta. So that's the interesting factor too, because we haven't. I can't remember the last time we saw a team play. Right, you're given the traveling option. back from London 
that next weekend. Right. You're given the option of whether or not you want your bye week to be there. The Jets were given that same choice. They took their bye the week after they play the Falcons. Their bye comes in week six. Yes. And Miami did not. I believe Miami's one of those week 14 buys, if I'm not Miami mistaken. is, let me hit the back button two more times yes. here. Week 14, 14 for Miami. So yeah. th- it's an interesting note for them playing the Falcons coming off of that game. Uh, that's a defense that we expect to be pretty good. It's a defense that was pretty good last year in Miami's. That might be a really, really tired team. Like we don't know what that kind of that travel scenario is like coming back and and playing in that scenario. Not again, not a, a draft strategy, but something to kind of keep in mind if you do have the Julio Joneses and the Calvin Ridleys of the world, the Mike Davises, um, the Kyle Pittses. That could be a Matt Ryan. Those are all players that actually could get a little bit of an extra boost over whatever Miami's defensive ranking is at the time. You might need to throw that out the window because they might be playing with a half full gas tank. A Not that it matters here, but interesting nugget. The Falcons go to Miami in week two of the preseason. And this weird preseason we see this year, is that going to be like the old dress rehearsal preseason game yeah. three? Those teams might know each other a little bit. I, I teased in the pre-show to you guys that I solved a, a long-standing fantasy question. I figured out when you could play Carson Wentz this season in fantasy because Jamie has 23rd, I believe, is where Carson Wentz currently sits in the Jamie Eisner QB rankings. I, am, I don't even know what it is anymore. Now that I'm deep into projections, I have no I idea. I, what I, I think said I before. pulled it last night when I was doing my research. I think he's 23rd on your QB rankings. He won't be in the top 20. That so I, sure. I have found the two spots in which Carson Wentz is a good option week six and week 13. God, it's not week. It's not before you get to week six. No, no, no. That's why I said it's week six. I'm, add, I'm adding this team to my brutal schedule to start. Holy crap. It is, look at this. It is I, week six. Remember what I said on the show, Jake, last week. We're not getting a 10-win team in the in the AFC South. We are not getting a double-digit win team in that division. Woo. It is week six and week 13. Those are the two weeks that the Indianapolis Colts play the Houston Texans and here are the teams that have major quarterbacks that are probably going to be starters in most fantasy leagues that are on by in week six, you have Matt Ryan and in some dynasty leagues, you're going to have Zach Wilson and potentially by that point, Trey Lance. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away where I think Trey Lance is going to be starting for San Francisco just yet. And then in week 13, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, if he's still on the Packers and Ryan Tannehill are all on by in week 13. So that could be an opportunity where you take advantage of an advantageous matchup with the Colts playing the Texans and you sneak Carson Wentz in there. Cause other than that, I, I know the two Jags matchups might be something you, you take a peek at. I would rather just take my chances against Houston because I don't know how they're getting after the quarterback, and I'll take my chances there. This schedule. Dude, listen. I, mean, I, I made it very clear. Those are the only two weeks I'm comfortable playing Carson Wentz. I, I was very strategic in this. But we're all assuming he's not going to be as bad as last year and not as good oh. as the MVP season, right? I, yeah. I think MVP, that's fair. MVP-ish, okay. So he's going to be a mediocre mid-level quarterback. It starts with the Seahawks. Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, they get those Texans. Then they got to go Niners, Titans again. And then it opens up a little bit till they get to, they go back to back with Buffalo and Tampa Bay. I agree with Jamie. I, I'm thinking nine and eight wins this nine division. Nine and eight is going to win that division. Like, I, I and just, I don't think the Titans can get there. Jacksonville is going to be looking at maybe four, and Houston might go one and six yeah houston and detroit are in contention for worst teams in football for me so like and whoever stays the healthiest and wins these matchups i mean that's they got titans in week three and they got titans in week eight that's gonna that's be the early thing. like those those are the that, that's the differentiating games 
Now the cold schedule late is better. And and if for some reason that's not a split, I think that, I mean, this is not a bold take. I understand that, but I still want to say it. If any of those two teams can sweep that, that's going to win the division. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I agree with that. I think they're both, I think they're both middle of the road teams at this point at best. Like, and they they never do that. Yeah. It's not likely to happen. Cause I don't think either one, like it, like if Carson, here's the thing. If Carson Wentz is what he was even two years ago, the Colts are a significantly better team in my estimation. But I, yeah. I can't say that until I watch Carson Wentz play football again. Because right now, the quarterback disparity between those two teams is massive. Despite the defensive disparity also being massive in the other direction. But we'll see. Do we um, want to have this rookie quarterback conversation? At the end. I got I got one. Okay. I'll, I'll start the rookie quarterback Okay, I guess we'll do it now. Do we think Justin Fields is starting early? What do you define as early? September. I have to see when this game is because I have a, I picked out the game in which I think he's the starter. Because I'm, I think Andy, throw... Andy Dalton is the starter week one. Yeah, I, 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 I do not believe Fields Justin week Fields one. is the starter. But I think there's a ton of pressure on Pace and Nagy to where if things get shaky at the beginning, they will make the move. So let okay. me pull up the schedule because I think this game is in in September, but I don't want to I want to be wrong here on the show because Jamie will never let me live it down. I think this, he, no, this so game is not in he September. He will start October third. That's the game I picked. He <laughs> will start against the Detroit Lions at home week four, Jake. That's when he's starting. There it is. Okay, so you're going to get a false sense of security because week seven through eleven is getting kicked in the teeth. Oh, okay, but look at look but- at. But pick because he gets Detroit in week six and then he gets the Raiders in week five. And I know uh, uh, in Detroit in week four, four Raiders week five, in week yeah. five. And I know it's a road game against the Raiders, but that defense isn't very good. So I no. ask you this, Jake, if that's not the two game stretch in which they give him the reins as the starter, find me another good landing spot because this was no, the problem no. I had last night. I think it is. But then week seven rolls around and they go Bucks, Niners, Steelers, Ravens. Four straight with a bye week in there. So you get a little break with the bye week. That is murderer's row for defenses for a yes. rookie quarterback so, with an eh offensive line. And look, who knows what this offense is going to look like. Dad, thank you. But that's, but again, this goes back as we talk about the, the coaching staff being on their last legs. And the, no, no, they, they this, go to him early. I'm not saying yeah, that. I'm like, saying we're not talking about fantasy and dynasty. And I don't expect a big year. Now, he can get through that stretch. It opens up a little bit, but like best case scenario is he starts December 5th. Like that's the, that is if we just take every, we strip everything out of the equation. Okay. The best case scenario is he's gets 10 days to prepare after the Thanksgiving game against the lions can play the Cardinals at home in green Bay Vikings at home at Seattle giants at home at Minnesota. That would be the stretch where it's probably right. the best Six stretch for But there, There's I, not, a 0% chance we get to December and he's not starting if he's healthy. And the other thing that I looked at too, when, when evaluating these rookie quarterbacks that I don't think are starters week one. So obviously not Trevor Lawrence and not Zach Wilson is, is there a, a, a decent stretch for that team coming out of their bye week so that they yeah. can use the extra week of prep to be able to prep their guy. And other than the Baltimore game, this it, Detroit and Arizona could be an advantageous stretch, but yes. I just don't. But Detroit's think it on makes, Thanksgiving. Like you're not right. you're not starting a rookie quarterback on three days. And like, I also don't think it. I don't think they get to week ten without making this change. No. And look here, if we want to fall into narratives, okay, the Rams are going to beat their brakes off on Sunday Night Football in Week One. They okay? are. Yes. They're going to come back and be competitive at home and 
probably beat the Bengals. So they're one and one at this point. So you're going to have maybe we need to maybe, but like I think it's going to be enough. They can get the job done. So I I think you're looking at a it's a disaster. We need to start the rookie right away. Then ten percent of that pressure comes off. Then they go to Cleveland and get their break break speed off again. And then it's like, okay, we got to make a change. And then they have to make the change. And if you're going to make the change, do it against Detroit and that uh, completely rebuilding defense. It's a home game. That's where I think it is. I agree wholeheartedly. I just, I, that, the four game stretch with even with a buy in there, there's not a good spot. Uh, it's so I'm difficult. Like, oh, dude, that's, that's just, it's just brutal. You know, now the, the other part of me too, and when doing this last night and trying to pick this pot was like, he's going to have to play these teams eventually. Like, I, he's just got, I just got to pick a spot and go with it because he's going to have to play. Like, they, you can't, you, you we can't, know he's going to play early. Right. You can't, it's, like, you can't cherry pick the perfect landing spot because I don't think the Bears season is going to be able to be dictated into a perfect scenario. I just don't think they, they have the team put together to to specifically pick this is the game that we want to do this. If they start one and two, like we just mapped out, they're going to make a change of quarterback. Give me your Trey Lance, because I'm going to so, give you, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think he plays this year. Okay. Looking at their schedule. So obviously, if Jimmy G is gone, if they somehow move him between now and then, Trey Lance is the starter week one, but Jimmy G is currently on the roster. So that is the scenario in which I envision. So I want to pull up their schedule because I have the week written down in my notes here, but I want to pull up their schedule just to have it. The week that I put I, them down as a po- very positive schedule is they never have a murderer's row of two or three or four weeks in a row. It's like if they have a tough one. It's followed up by a, a cakewalk. They don't. But in the early parts of the season, they do have to play Green Bay and Seattle weeks three and week four. So I don't necessarily think they would go to him there. Arizona isn't necessarily an easy game on the road. So the the spot that I picked was week seven against Indianapolis. After the bye. After the bye, he gets Indy, Chicago, and Arizona in his first three games as the starter. Yes, then he gets Los Angeles, but then he gets Jacksonville and Minnesota. So if you give Jimmy G, listen, you're on the team, Jimmy G, you got five weeks to prove us wrong. And if things aren't in a direction that we're comfortable with in five weeks, we then get the bye week and Indy coming out of the break and, to and hand to Trey Lance. Night game is that it? is a Sunday night game. Here's my problem with that: if they're healthy, dude, they're really good. They're liable to be four and one. They're liable to be five and two. They're liable to be six and three. You're not making that move if you're hanging out in that playoff race. Like you're not going to a rookie, regardless how good he looks in practice. If that team's healthy and Jimmy G's not making mistakes, he's healthy. That's the biggest thing to me is if Jimmy G finally stays healthy. You can't well, see a scenario where they're two and three to start the year because I certainly can. No, no, I can't. I can. But that team's healthy. They are as talented as anybody in the league. I, I picked I them to win the it, division just, on the show. Uh, right. Yeah, so I can see yeah. it being the opposite. But no, I can see that being two and three. And Depending they're going on ownership, which is always the, the I mean, what the hell could happen in Miami last year? Right. You know, I mean, you, that, you that's, don't have super strong owners that meddle and you have a head coach and, and general manager on six year contracts. True. They're feeling no pressure, even though they made this trade and they moved up and took. I don't think they're getting a whole lot from upstairs saying, make the move. We're panicking in week two to three. The reason I don't think he plays is I don't think Kyle panics unless Jimmy G is playing really bad or playing on a bum ankle again. And he's like, we got to get a little more juice at the position. Well, and that's going to be the thing because the, the interesting thing for, for Lance is going to be that there's a very good chance that a Jimmy G injury opens the door for him. And you can never really predict yeah, where I can't be like, oh, he gets hurt be. here. Yeah. But just on those first five weeks, this is where I predicted him as well. Um, and by the way, I think Trey Lance is going to be very fantasy relevant. I do. I. Um, but I, I can't see them not going at least three and two in that stretch. 
Like they Detroit, they should... Philly, and Arizona, I think are the three games that they that they can. Sure, win but just give them Detroit and Philly. They're significantly better than those two teams, and then say they can win one of those other three, and they might yeah. they could win two of those other three. And then I think at that point that quiets the calls for Trey Lance to be the starter if and Jimmy then, G's healthy. If Jimmy G's healthy, and then if things and if things maybe start to go south again, I think week eleven feels like a good spot. You come. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If Jimmy G gets hurt, we're assuming the only re- the only way the door swings wide open for Trey Lance is if Jimmy G gets hurt, or if they're not playing well. One of the two. I don't know that they make that move. There's just the way that Kyle calls games, he schemes it up better than anybody else. They're going to run it solid. It's not like there's a lot of tough throws. That defense is going to be loaded again if healthy. Right, all this if healthy. Are we assuming that if Trey Lance gets the job, they're not going back to Jimmy G? I don't know that this kid's going to play good enough as a rookie that Kyle's not going to go, give me the veteran that knows where to go with the ball, even though he's not as talented. And I wanted a little juice. I wanted to see what I got while Jimmy was hurt for four weeks. I'm going back to that because it gives me a chance to get in the playoffs. And I don't know what the Trey Lance does. So, you know, the thing I'd be that, surprised. The thing that really confuses me about this, and I can see the argument going either way. Trey Lance has played one football game in the last calendar year for a guy that already had a small sample size issue. Are you comfortable? And I'm not saying that I agree or disagree with this philosophy. I'm just saying that if we take Jake, what you said at face value, that he's not that you say he doesn't play this year. Are you comfortable walking into next year with a guy who's played one football game in the last two years? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause that's Ab- a big, that is a big ask. Well, cause Kyle's had his hands on him all year. And while I will say, I don't expect him to play unless there's an injury that swings the door open. And then I'm not, I don't think he takes over the job and has it wholeheartedly. We're talking about a very small sample size and a guy with all the tools in the world, but he's raw. This was a future pick. This wasn't a not a now pick on a team. To me, if Jimmy G's healthy and this team is healthy, they're scary at the NFC. I don't feel the same way with Trey Lance as their quarterback in year one. There's just going to be those rookie mistakes that Kyle doesn't want to make because you're not going to want to put this defense in a bad spot. Well, yes, they can bail you out. They're really good, but you don't have to. If they don't turn it over and don't make a lot of mistakes, they're going to be in every game. They're going to win a lot of close games. I, I just, I know Kyle, I know how they want to build this. I don't know. This one's tough for me. I see Fields having a lot more action than I do Trey Lance. This was the one that was the toughest for me to find a, a decent landing spot because I think this is the scenario in which the established starter is probably the most entrenched in his job. Of, of Jimmy G, Andy Dalton, and then we'll talk about Cam Newton and the New England Patriots here next. I think Jimmy yeah. G is the most entrenched in his job. Like, he's the toughest guy to remove, and I think that's saying a lot about the other two, really. All right, let's have the Mac Jones conversation. This New I, England, I, I, this New England give me, give me, What did we call this one, Jamie? The shrug emoji? Yeah. Oof. I, I felt know. pretty confident in the decision that I made here. You guys couldn't find a, a really good land. I think I found a really good landing spot. I, he takes over. But yeah, I think we, it's because Cam, Cam's banged up and can't throw, and they've proven that even though they've given him weapons. Cam's now going into his second year in the offense. Mm-hmm. You say what you want about Cam, and I'm not his biggest fan in the world. The dude works his ass off, and he now knows what he's doing in this offense. He can't. He still can't run it the way they want it to. But if they run it the way they ran it last year, even though they added all these weapons, he's going to get banged up. So it's hard to pick a spot because I'll tell you this much about Mac Jones. He will know the offense as good as Cam Newton by the time week one rolls around. He will know the pre-snap stuff. That's He plays the game the way I love it. Played for the quarterback position, that's between the ears. He's going to know what's going on. He's smart as hell. He's accurate as hell. Those two in camp are going to look very different throwing on a daily basis. Cam's going to complete a lot of balls. But where the receivers catch it 
is going to be completely different the more Mac Jones throws it and the receivers catch it. Yeah. That's going to give Bill enough confidence to say, okay, I'll make the move. They're not, you know, we'll have salary cap implications, we'll have draft pick implications here. They could wait. It's hard for me to pick a spot because I think he's going to look good enough to start in week one, but I don't think they make that decision. Week five. Week five is when Mac Jones takes Houston? over against Houston. You, you love whoever, whoever's playing Houston. And here's why. And here's why. logic here because they get the Saints and Bucks back to back and then Cam's going to look like, you know what. And, and, and they're going to get the – and to use Jamie's turn, uh, term from earlier, they're going to get boat raced in the primetime game against the Bucks, and they're just – the season, Bill's going to have to get it back on track. He's going to make the switch, and then you get Houston, Dallas, the Jets, the Chargers, and the Panthers weeks five through week nine. That is one of the best landing spot stretches of any of the quarterbacks that we've talked about. So he gets four weeks to watch, sit on the sidelines, learn the offense. Heck, he might even come in in relief in game four, if it goes as poorly. And then he is the starter in week five. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Cam is he's going to make mistakes. He's going to press. He's going to try too hard because he thinks he's Superman. And then you're talking about a couple brutal games and then a kid that's going to come in and not make a lot of mistakes and they're going to look pretty good. And it wouldn't surprise me if they win some of those games, just the way that how well they're coached. So yeah, I mean, that's probably a really good landing spot unless Belichick is Belichick and pulls one of those off and some crazy crap happens. And then I don't know that we see Mac for a while. It's so tough with rookies. I just, I know Cam is not the old Cam. That shoulder's still an issue. He looked awful throwing the ball all of last year. Yes, you added weapons and you overpaid for him and you panicked a little bit, in my opinion. That doesn't mean he's going to look that much better throwing it for yeah. those guys, James. I think he's going to be a little bit better. Not good, but a little bit better than what we saw last year. And I think that could be enough for them. With The defense is going to be a little bit better as well, getting those opt-outs back. I think they're going to look more competent than they were last year. Like, I think they're they won seven games. Yeah, I agree. They looked awful at times and they lost what five straight, whatever it yeah, was. It, like, it, the thing was when the Patriots were bad, they were abysmal. It was, it was brutal. So their record was fine. And I think they're going to be around that record again. Like I, I think yeah. they're going to be a, a seven ish win team, but yeah. I think they're going to look a little bit better doing it. I think they're going to be more competitive in their losses than they were last year, late in the season where sometimes they just look completely apathetic. Um, but yeah, I mean, in my projections, I, I, I had to pick something. So I did like a seven game, 10 game split, like uh, for cam versus versus Mac Jones, but look, for fantasy purposes, I don't want either one of those guys. No, like I, that I was, think that was about to be my question was like, oh, well, there's the split where, how do we feel cam, about each guy? Cam will be ranked near like the top 25 when he starts, but like. Unless you're in a two QB league, it doesn't matter. Here's, here's a question for you, Jane. So Cam's not the starter anymore. Max the starter. Yeah. And Cam's healthy. Is Cam still fantasy relevant? Goal line packages, they got 57 running backs. We know none of them. We want to – is that – No. I'm dead serious, Hype. Like, is there no, a – No, I could see – come in and have two touchdowns a game – They'll, oh, use, they'll use him, but no, just, just the same way like Taysom Hill isn't fantasy relevant when he's not starting a quarterback. I'm like, just throwing it as a perfect example that yeah. I wanted to throw right, out but, there, you know people are asking the But question. I can that play Taysom my question, Hill as a tight end, you know? Like, I can't play Cam. Not anymore, you can't. Not no. anymore. I could in the past. I could get but away like, with it. But him. that's what I'm saying. If it's like, no, like, I, I don't think he's going to do enough. Because even if he scores you a touchdown, like, even if you, you guarantee you he's going to get you, you know, 10 rushing yards and a touchdown each week, that's seven points. 
Like that's not, right. I mean, to start him at a quarterback position, you need on a weekly basis, like you need a minimum of 18 points just to not get killed. So I just, it just, it's very unlikely that, that he'll great, be great example. I just want to throw it out there. Cause I know somebody listening was going, Oh, okay. I like Cam. He's always been good in fantasy. Let me throw this out there. Cause it's Belichick and Josh McDaniels. They're going to use him. I think Lawrence starts in week one, Chris. How about you? I, okay. That, I that's, was, that's the perfect landing spot for me. We've that won. Was, that was not, I, yes. I, I, I put uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I, I thought last weekend already did it with a rookie minicamp. Yeah. So once that shoulder's feeling good. Okay. Can we talk? Okay. All right. Well, you mentioned what? Trevor Lawrence. Can we talk about this Travis Etienne stuff real quick? It wasn't part of the plan of the show, but can we talk uh, about it? Can, please. Yes, please. Much can, can do we please? about nothing. This is nothing. This is, this is nothing season. This is more nothing season than the week no, before the draft. I know, but Jamie, but Jamie, this is twice now. Urban Meyer has said things that make me wonder how they're going to use Travis Etienne. This is twice all now. the time and all over the field. <sighs> Don't, this is a college guy coming yes. to the league, trying to give a little fluff, by the way, Rookie minicamp, dude, you're throwing people out there because you don't have enough guys. Yeah. So like Zach Wilson receiver because the coaches, <laughs> well, they don't yeah, have another like quarterback he, in camp. They're they're playing playing it's receiver. So Zach Wilson on he his has own something field. to do. Yeah, like come on, man. Like no, this is not. I, I am going to be. I'm super high on Travis Etienne. I will continue to be super high on Travis Etienne. They will use him all over the field. This offense is going to be incredibly creative because you know who's not calling the plays? Urban Meyer's not calling the plays. Daryl Bevel's calling the plays with some help from Brian Schottenheimer. And I know how they're going to use. Did you just call Brian players. Schottenheimer and Daryl Bevel super creative? creative? Yeah, like that's. Uh, but that, but I again, love my, I love my boy. No, no, no. Shotty, they're not creative, but they can get not. creative. <laughs> yes, but let's be will. fair. Like, look at the but look at the offense. Look at the pieces that Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer have worked with the last couple years. Now they've had. Better Better talent overall, but in terms of volume of pieces, like the way you can use ETN and, and Chenault interchangeably in different ways. Well, this while you also have Jones and this like, offense is solid. If this kid comes in and plays a Peyton Manning rookie year, which was a ton of picks, but really solid, a lot of touchdowns, yeah. a lot of yards. They have a lot of weapons. Like I don't know about this offensive line, but I really like the stuff they're working with. Here's a perfect example of Chenault coming in motion with ATN, with James Robinson, with a couple of these receivers out there. Like, that's that's a freaking nightmare of stuff well, to try to figure out what you're going to do. You're going to line up that. ETN and Chenault in the backfield together with Lawrence, and it's going to be a nightmare, and it's going to be fun to watch. Like You're not playing you're not playing man against that. You can't. Nobody's got anybody to match up against those two guys coming out of the backfield. The Jags are going to be so incredibly fantasy relevant this year. It's not even funny. For everybody right. but James Robinson, RIP James Robinson. There's the hot take and the, and the hype train moment. Oh, it hurts. I, I, I it just hurts to, so much. To agree. It just By hurts. By the way, I think the Jets are too, dude. Jets are going to be fun too. Yeah. Let's, let's jump on that one who we know is starting in week one. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Uh, and I yeah, think week one's I, a good spot. I, I'm incredibly intrigued to see what this wide receiver um, schematically is going to look like because Jamison Crowder is still on the roster, right? We continue to have this conversation almost on every show, but the longer that he's still on the roster, I question the role that Elijah Moore can have. I question, is Jamison Crowder just going to pick up right where he left off with Sam Darnold? There's a lot to, to look at here. And the longer that he stays on the roster, I think it creates some question marks as to who's going to get the lion's share of the targets. Elijah Moore is not getting left out. But don't be surprised if they try to play one of them outside. If one of them is not just primarily playing the slot so they can be on the field. And I would guess it's probably Crowder. He's always been in the slot. He's a pro's pro. You're going to move a guy around, get creative in some formation stuff. Elijah Moore is going to be the guy going in motion, playing the slot. They want to throw him out there early. I, by all accounts, he's you know super smart football guy. They're going to be able to pull that off. I like the flexibility. I mean, it's a long season. 
You got guys. They finally have guys. Like, it's not just one dude. Mims comes on. I love that. I mean, that dude's a freak physically. I, I don't know, Jamie, I, we're talking about, I like this one too. Like, this is, this is pretty solid. And then the running back position is really interesting there. But I think they're going to be in the gun a ton. I don't know that they're going to be – I know everybody's talking about the Packer offense. I don't know that it's really that when you're under center a ton. And there's a lot of play action, a lot of nuance to that. I think they're going to be in the shotgun a lot more and a lot of easy short throws. And he's going to love those slot guys. Yeah. And Michael Carter and both Carter and P Ryan, I think will be fantasy relevant. Um, I think they're both going to, I like Carter a lot. I think P Ryan's still going to be a player that's worth having on your bench. I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy relevance there. So, did, so we got through all five rookies or is there? We did. We got through all five rookies. Is there anything so, else schedule wise that you, yes. you look like you wanted to say something earlier before we went down this path? I, I want to wrap up th- with this because there are a few more players that I identified that have either really brutal or really advantageous schedules that I would just want to kind of run it by everybody. Uh, a player with a really tough, pretty much back half of the season is consensus number one pick Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So from weeks 12 through 18, they go, Versus Washington, the, the team that was sixth against the run. At Miami, the team that was 10th against fantasy running backs last year. Versus Atlanta, who was actually fourth against running backs last year, but that's fake because they just throw on, do on them a bunch. That's fine. <laughs> you know, Buffalo, who at Buffalo, middle of the road. Versus Tampa, number one. At New Orleans, number two. At Tampa, number one. Like, that is a really – like, you have an okay stretch there with Atlanta and Buffalo, I think, that, but – that's a kind of a tough stretch to end the year for, for Christian McCaffrey. No, that's about as tough as it gets. Not saying you don't draft Christian McCaffrey still, but number one. But I'm just saying it's something to kind of note, be aware of, um, especially if something like if he gets banged up early in the season and he's going to miss some time and somebody wants to offer you 90% of the value so they can have him on your team later in the season and you start to look at that schedule, you know, just again, random scenarios that play out. Uh, Dalvin Cook has a tough one as well. We talk about the, the triumphant of, of Henry McCaffrey and Cook all having tough schedules to end the year versus Pitt, uh, number five against fantasy running backs at Chicago, number eight last year versus the Rams, number three. They have, he has a good matchup in the championship, though. If you play your championship in week 17 at Green Bay, which allowed the fifth most points, and then Chicago in, in the eighth. So those are interesting ones to kind of keep an eye on because those are consensus top four picks um, that have some really tough schedules down the stretch couple quarterbacks to note one brutal schedule for Kirk Cousins from week 14 to 18. So if you're looking at yes. for that QB two player uh, versus Pittsburgh at Chicago versus the Rams at Green Bay versus Chicago, those are all top six last year. Jamie, I don't know what you're worried about. Kellen Mond's going to be the star by then. So yeah, you said we got through all five quarterbacks, dude. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts. This will, this will make you happy, Chris. If he's still the quarterback then, because who knows what's going on in Philadelphia weeks 15 through 17. Now to be fair, a lot of his value is not going to come as a passer anyway, but it is worth noting versus Washington versus Giants at Washington is that playoff schedule for Jalen Hurts. So uh, if that's a player you're taking as a starter, you're going to probably need another option there for your postseason run. Jamie, um, I got a, I got a question for you for a team. Okay? Yes. The Giants schedule is actually pretty freaking good. Do we believe in Daniel Jones enough to take a chance on the plethora of weapons that he has at the normal spots, are you still dropping these guys and dinging them because Daniel Jones is their quarterback? The schedule, there's now there's some tough games, of course. There's a bunch of tough games, but that team is built pretty well. That defense is, is really solid, played hard last year. They're going to have the ball a decent amount if he doesn't turn over a ton. But there's no like three or four week stretch that's just yeah. brutal. It's pretty balanced when you when you look through it in terms of just like they don't have like you said two or three weeks in a row where you're like, oh man, I just can't start this player for the entire month. 
Uh, I'm actually going to try to do my Giants projections today. There's one of the teams I have not gotten to yet. Um, I, I There's value there. The question is going to be how does everybody get fed with Galladay, with Shepard, with Slayton, with Ingram. Um, with, I'm missing somebody. Tony. Uh, I mean, so like there's a lot of the right shoes. To, yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Uh, I still think for oh, Daniel yeah, there's Jones, that guy Saquon. Yeah, and then Saquon. Like I so there's 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 a lot of mouths to feed there, but I do think they're going to be relevant. I I, I don't, I'm curious to see where Kenny Galladay's ADP comes in because I'm not going to draft him as high as I would have if he was in Detroit with Matthew Stafford. But I do think he's still going to be a player. They're going to go down the field plenty, and Jones is going to try to get the ball to these places. And some of his inefficiency doesn't scare you as much for those top options because they're going to get theirs anyway. Well, like I don't want Daniel Jones as my fantasy quarterback. I'm still going to be interested, at least in the wide receiver targets. I'm out on Ingram. Like, I just, I'm not doing yeah. it with him, it, it, period. I'm probably out on Tony, whatever his ADP is, because I feel like he's going to be overdrafted. But I'll see where I'll see yeah. where I end up landing on his projection-wise. But I'm still going to be interested in Galladay and Shepard in particular. I got one other, two other ones. The Chiefs' beginning of the schedule, this is more just football-related, because who cares? You're drafting all those guys anyway. Browns, Ravens, Chargers for the Chiefs to start yeah. the season is very intriguing to me. And then the Steelers finish the year with at the Chiefs, home for the Brownies, at the Ravens in week 16, 17, 18. That's brutal for a team that we don't really know what we're getting. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, that's really bad for all their offensive guys because I think the Ra- the Browns' defense is going to be really good and the Ravens' defense yeah. is always good. Uh, that one that one stood out to me like, whoa, okay, that's for football purposes. That could keep – I don't. I, we all think the Steelers aren't going back to the playoffs, but that could keep them out of the playoffs those three games. But for your championship stuff, if Najee Harris gets going for a while, and by all accounts, he's running the same offense he ran Alabama, or very similar run schemes, he said. Uh, his press conferences are must-see TV, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's a rookie. He's been in Pittsburgh of all places for a week, and he's calling the freaking reporter out, going off on him in the uh, in the press conference. I absolutely love that. But, I, I mean, that's brutal. You finish with the Browns and the Ravens, and this, the Chiefs are the one that's fantasy-wise, you're like, okay, they're probably going to start. Those guys. Yeah, they're, 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 they're in a shootout, right? You get Tennessee and Kansas City the first two weeks of the postseason. Yes. Yeah. Of the, of the so, fantasy postseason. Yes. Yeah. Pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. Last name I want to mention before okay. we wrap things up today. And, and I think this is why I think the conversation around these top running backs. Jamal Williams. Name very soon. No. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> oh, back here to the Colts we go. His this is a great four, point because it's, here, early, it's ugly early. But I know where you're going with this Here's his week game. 14 through 18 schedule. At Houston. Allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs last year. Versus New England, the 12th most fantasy points. At Arizona, the 11th most fantasy points. Versus Las Vegas, the fourth most fantasy points. At Jacksonville, the third most fantasy points. To running backs So last be year. patient. Move them up the board. Be patient. Move them be up the patient. board. It's murderer's row for the first, what, 10, 11 weeks, whatever it is, with a couple gimmies in there, but... Be That's patient. Really, really. And by the way, Houston's run defense, New England's run defense might have gotten a little better, but Houston's, Arizona's, Las Vegas, and Jacksonville didn't. No. Not appreciably. So, that's a really good stretch there to end the season. And even if include, if you guys end up playing week 18, which I don't, I don't recommend, but there are plenty <laughs> of leagues that do. Um, Jacksonville's a great matchup as well. So, I think those are all really, we're looking for another second straight, really strong finish of the season for Jonathan Taylor based on the schedule. That's it. That's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Schedule Breakdown uh, episode of the show. A fun one coming to you on Wednesday. I will tease it here. We're going to do a little fantasy 
butterfly effect. We're going to take something that's been out in the, in the, in the world, in the NFL circles, and we're going to play it out. And we're going to see the fantasy impact if this happens. And it has to do with a certain quarterback that plays uh, in the northern in Wisconsin. part. Okay, I was going to say the northern part of the United States, but all right, you said Wisconsin, you kind of gave it away. The Aaron Rodgers butterfly effect episode of the show, the fantasy breakdown of what that could look like for not only the Packers, but the team that Aaron Rodgers could potentially go to. So that is what you can look forward to on Wednesday. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Jake? Uh, Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy and the draftnetwork.com under the Fantasy tab where you can find all of Jamie's rankings. Uh, projections soon, question mark? I yes. would say... I, Expect them to be on the site by June 1st. Okay. You said it. I did. You put the deadline out there. You put a deadline I'll, on yourself. I'll be ready before then. It's okay. just whether with the marketing team and, and the graphics teams, all the other stuff has to get stuff ready. I have, I am 75, no, excuse me, about 70% of the way done with my okay. projections. So we're close. I haven't started yet, but I'll be done by Monday if you need me to. So we will have a full breakdown of those coming soon. That is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.